And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of our choice, knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Oh, by the way, the theme song for this particular edition of Tell Me Your Story really should be Dreams, Dreams, Dreams. <clears throat> uh, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Your dreams. That's right. Uh, but it's also an, a, another song. Well, I can't think of a song for this, but another topic title might be uh, that we're going to talk about um, movies. And you are the star of those movies. They are your dreams. That's right. And we're going to talk about that with our very special guest, who is uh, an expert dream interpreter and she has joined us here and she has a website as well by the same name it's pamela uh, cummins and uh, pamela thank you so much for joining us all the way over on the east coast of the united states joining us here on the program to uh, to share a little bit about uh what we what we experience usually when our eyes are closed and we're snoring away well <laughs> Thank you for having me. And I just want to say, um, I got a little giggle when you said what we usually experience, because everyone's experience in the dream time is different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, and and I, it's I all about you. You're right. It's about being a star. Yeah. Correct. You are the star of those movies. It's really kind of cool. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, this was a, an experience that was shared with me, and, and I'm only going to share a portion of it because it's not my experience, but it was shared with me that uh, this one woman was going through some pretty serious medical issues, and um, she had just had the latest scan, okay? And she they hadn't given her the results yet. It was going to be another three, four, five days. And I, it was shared with me that she would wake, well, she wouldn't wake up. She would sit up in bed screaming in, in night terrors and so forth, and she couldn't be woken and so forth. As soon as she was given the results of the scan, the report, which was a clean bill of health, they went away. Mm. So it's amazing the outer elements that can have an effect on our inner life, so to speak, that that dream state. Right. She was uh, what she was experiencing was um, sorry about that. Was That's her all right. own um, fear of you know of her diagnosis, and she might not have been able to express those feelings during the daytime, mm -hmm. but they came out in her dreams and in her night terrors. So yeah, yeah. It's a, because those feelings have to get out in some manner. You yeah. can't hold them in. And, and that's one of the things, too, that we want to talk about, because it is through those dreams that we kind of, you know, we, we let a lot of stuff go sometimes um, as opposed to or not so much as opposed to. But in addition to in the waking state, when we express certain emotions that help to release, whether it's crying or, you know, in an, in an appropriate manner of, of, of uh, uh, releasing anger and frustration and so forth including joy and happiness and, and peace, we have, to, we have to release that energy too. We can't bottle that up, can we? No, no. And uh, well, in a sense, society has taught us to bury our feelings. Mm. It's getting a little better, but we've taught to bury our feelings. Men aren't supposed to cry. Women aren't supposed to get angry. Don't do this because you might hurt their feelings. You know, you're inappropriate for showing 
you know, that you're disappointed, you know, buckle up, uh, lighten up, you know, calm down. All those things are, in a sense, they're kind of rude, you know, but I guess it's because other people get uncomfortable with the feelings that you have because it, it you're like a mirror for them. So it triggers their feelings. So if they don't want to feel it, they put you down. Um, and certain times, like certain jobs, when someone's inappropriate or says something, you can't turn around and tell them to, you know, go F themselves or, or whatever. You know, if you're angry, it's inappropriate. You might feel good for a few minutes, but then you could lose your job, right? Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. happens is because we stuff those feelings. And as Louise Hay says, they can cause dis-ease, disease. But in the dream time, there's no denial. So those feelings come up. So the person who you wanted to maybe tell off in the dream, right? You might actually dream that you're a dog barking at them and and attacking them or see a dog barking and attacking them because it has to come out in some manner. Mm -hmm. But I, I do want to say that even though you let the feelings go in the nighttime, you need to do, do some work in the daytime too, to let them go. Pamela Cummins is my guest, and uh, we are talking about the work that she does as an as an expert dream interpreter, spiritual growth coach, psychic, certified uh, Lenormand reader. What is what is that? I can barely pronounce it. (laughs) That's what everyone says. It's actually oh, I think it's from the 16th century. It's um, 36 cards that have symbols on it. And it's um, a form of divination. And it's very down to earth that uses different symbols. And of course, you know, symbolism is a part, it's not all of dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. So I found it really interesting. And there's different layouts and, you know, it's it's not tarot, but it's kind of like that. And a lot of people don't know it. it. It took me about a year to get certified in it and it was, it's fun. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's so accurate. Well, she is also uh, an advanced clinical hypnotherapist as well as an ordained interfaith spiritualist minister, certified energy healer and body mind facilitator. You've also written seven books. You have some Oracle card decks um, as well as on your website. You've got a blog and all kinds of other stuff. Um, and that website again, folks, is uh, Pamela Cummins.com. And that is, of course, uh, the spelling P-A-M-E-L-A-C-U-M-M, as in Mary, I-N, as in Nancy, S.com. And we, of course, uh, Pamela, will be uh, linked to your website so people can find out more about the work that you're doing and maybe connect with you. And if they hear something that resonates with them, uh, they contact you and, hey, maybe uh, there's a little a little support they can get, a little guidance and so forth from you. Uh, I've heard it said with other uh, dream interpreters, if you will, that the individual is really the only person who can interpret their dreams because uh, ev- the symbols, I-, I could have a hammer in my dream, you could have a hammer in your dream, but the hammer means something different in mine as opposed to yours. So how do you handle, uh, how how do you uh, interpret someone's dreams? Okay. And and that's a good point. And I want to say that some people 
people who have no idea how to interpret their dreams. That's what I help do it do. And I always give them two to three possible interpretations because when they hear the right interpretation, it's kind of like ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that feels right. Although sometimes their denial will kick in and it might take a couple months later and they'll be like, Oh, you're correct. So, um, you know, how do I do it? Well, it's kind of hard. One, I, I use my gut, my intuition. Okay. But two, I look at the way the symbols and I always, always ask their emotions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because let's use the hammer, right? If you're whistling while you're ham hammering, that's a good thing. But if you're using it kind of like, <laughs> like four or something, that's going to mean a total different meaning. So I ask what they're feeling. And, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but I put it together like a jigsaw puzzle. Mm -hmm. And I always say when I give the intuition, it could mean this. It could be this, you know. And sometimes if they give me a little feedback of what's going on in their life, I don't want a lot. That helps me pick it to put it together. Who mm -hmm. are the people in the dream? So, yeah. so I know I'm not explaining it correctly, but it's a process. I've also been doing it. I started with my own dreams back like in the early 90s, 1991s. Mm -hmm. So it's just something that I'm good. Like I have a knack for putting the pieces of the puzzle and I get a feeling of the person's energy and their and their feelings. I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear, but oh, that's yeah. kind of how I do it. Absolutely. No, I understand. Absolutely. We're talking with Pamela Cummins and uh, we are talking about dreams uh, in that dream state. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, dreams in the waking state as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, uh, Pamela uh, Cummins is my guest. And we're talking about the work that she does, especially in dream interpretation. But uh, you have, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of different tools, as you put it in, on your tool belt. I, I have a toolbox. I have this huge, and the toolbox keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's, it's great, you know. I'll tell you what, you never know what you're going to pull out and what you're going to do. Um, but uh, what about, uh, um, is, does, does daydreaming come into this category, or is that more of uh, one's, one's daydreaming and they're sort of guiding the dream. It's not the, the, the sleeping dreams that we are not consciously guiding. We're, we're actually, uh, we're in that movie. We've written it and we've cast right. it and all of that. But it's, it's, there's, a, there's a difference between night dreaming and daydreaming. That's correct. Although there is, a, and I'm not into it, okay, but um, it's not my thing. Excuse me. <clears throat> but lucid dreaming is where people try to kind of guide and control their dreams, like when they're in it. And that's not, uh, that's not for me. And that's not what I teach because I feel like there's a higher source through your unconscious that is trying to give you a message. And when you dictate it, it doesn't work as well. Okay. Where daydreams is kind of like, it's, it's your ego, but it's also your intuition you know, so your ego kind of guides it. But I do feel like daydreaming is as important because daydreaming can be a part of your intuition. Mm. Like all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you, and you have this thought, oh, why don't I go to the coffee shop? Okay. And then you go to the coffee shop, you're daydreaming about being in there, but you say, let me go. And you go, and then you see somebody you haven't seen in a long time. Daydreaming is also a part of what you desire, what you want to do in life. Okay. 
it, it, does that make sense? Like oh, yeah. maybe like <clears throat> women, especially they daydream about being with a partner. Okay. Yeah. And how their life is going to get better. And, you know, a, a partner enhances your life, but um, so that helps them kind of decide what they want in, in someone. Mm. So daydreaming, I'm going to say daydreaming is a little bit more goal oriented mm-hmm. using your intuition while your nighttime dreams use obviously different a different language than your your daytime if you speak english or spanish it's going to be in that language while your nighttime dream are symbols in universal language but it's also your own personal language mm. you know you know uh, it it brings to mind the concept of telepathy and uh, uh that my my rudimentary understanding of what it might be like is that instead of transmitting words, we will be transmitting images, you know, that people will understand a little bit better, even though, yes, the receiver is going to interpret those images maybe a little differently, but I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into that. And it, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother thing. But it just seems like when, for example, I will have a dream and I don't, I don't remember my dreams like I used to. Uh, There are two specifically, one that I had as a very small child uh, where I was in the kitchen with my mother. She stuck her hand in this jar. It broke and she cut her hand in some fashion. And we went through that whole drama of making sure she was okay and so forth. Uh, The second dream, which it was much more vivid and I was much older. uh, And to give you a little background, I was born legally blind. So from the age of, well, up until the age of 36, I couldn't drive. So my dream prior to this, my dream was where I was driving this white van on a freeway. One of those those white paved, the concrete freeways, you know, it's just pristine, right? And I'm driving past this, this forest and the sunlight streaming through the pine trees. And there's this turnoff into the pine trees. And I drive along into this big meadow. Beautiful meadow surrounded by these trees, pristine blue skies. And there's this beautiful stone house with arched windows. And I find myself now in the house. And there's my grandmother on my mother's side. And Mm. she doesn't say a word. She just comes up to me and she gives me a hug. And I get the impression of what she's telling me is everything's okay. And this was after the passing of my grandmother. Uh, and uh, it was hard on a lot of us, but I, I just, I mean, I loved that woman. She was just so fantastic. Um, it was in 1998, back to reality, when my parents, after I got my driver's license, they owned a white Dodge Caravan and they sold it to me. And as I am driving along the white, pristine freeway of Phoenix, I don't know if it was I-17 or uh, 101 or whatever, the dream came back to me. I'm going, oh, my gosh. I'm driving a white van on a white freeway. Wow. This is pretty cool. And and I remember that dream, uh, you know. And, of course, now I try to remind myself as I am out on the roads driving going, you do realize that 30 years ago you were not planning on being in this position. And look where you are. This is pretty amazing, you know. It is. 
So those are the two dreams that I really can remember. How do we learn how to remember our dreams if, let's say, in my case, I, I just don't? I mean, I'll wake up and I'll have an inkling, and if I don't jot something down, it's gone. Right. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to go back. What you said is that dreams are just mostly images, and and I want to say they're more than just images and, and symbols. They're feelings. Okay. They're like intuition, a knowing. They're actions. Okay. And sometimes you, their thoughts, sometimes you think in your dreams and sometimes you have conversations. So sometimes there are words, you know, like mm -hmm. with your grandma, you felt like everything was going to be okay. And she was kind of showing you that, Hey, you know, I'm here, but I want to give you a little, you know, heads up precognitive dreams, you know, premonition dreams is, you know, of what's coming. All right. Mm -hmm. Now how to remember your dreams. All right. That's important it's important. The most important thing, like anything else in life is intention. You want to remember your dreams. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can prepare for that, right? The night before it's like, I like to say, like, if you're going to go work out, you prepare your clothes. Like my, my honey, he always puts his like gym bag. He get, always gets his stuff. So in the morning he can just grab it. Okay. So you might have a notepad. If you like to write, you might, some people voice record or you know, or if you're an artist, draw, okay? And then before you go to bed, you can put a letter, write a letter, I will remember my dreams, or visualize yourself, close your eyes, visualize yourself remembering your dreams, and you get up in the morning, and you're, you're writing them down, okay? Or voice recording, or just go to bed, you know, and say over and over, I will remember my dreams, I will remember my dreams. It's, it's like, Practice makes perfect. And some people, I always say, give it 90 days. It usually happens before, mm -hmm. but it's the intention. And then, as you say, in the morning, okay, because I recorded my dreams for, I don't know, like three or four years until I got a cat and <laughs> midnight, this was a long time ago. And I just try and she's like, yeah, you know, she'd swat at me like, feed me now. So, but <laughs> by that time I could remember them. Yeah. Okay. But it's good to record them in some way. And if you if you're really busy, like you got to get to work, you might just say, you know, like for you, I was driving down the road. I saw my grandma saw me, you know, and she I felt like everything was going to be OK. All right. You didn't have to go in just like a little note. So this way it triggers a memory later on. Mm. But the more you do it, you know, have the intention and the more you record them it's easier to remember. And there are times in life that you're not going to remember your dreams. If you're going through, um, you know, you're really busy and you have no time, you know, if you want to not re remember your dreams, do drinks and drug, drink or drug. Okay. Which I don't recommend, but that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you're just exhausted, like moving or whatever. So, and we can't remember every single dream because we would go nuts, <laughs> okay? I mean, yeah. seriously. Yeah. But I want, and just lastly, um, I know I'm talking a lot, but like, as you said, there are certain dreams that are really important that you will remember mm. without having to write them down mm. because mm. you're meant to. Yeah. That one of me driving is obviously one that uh, it's not going away, as well as the one of my mother in, the ki in our kitchen, uh, my childhood home, uh, and she, you know, cut her hand in this jar that just, it was weird because it just broke. The glass just broke and then all of a sudden her hand is cut. 
Um, but uh, it's just it's it's really uh, interesting. We're talking with Pamela Cummins, and uh, we're talking about the work that she does as a dream interpreter. We're going to get into some of these other areas as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it is really kind of cool to have somebody on the program to uh, take us down this this road. I want to ask you. Um, because uh, you've you've sort of alluded to this, but I'm going to ask the the direct question on this. Okay. Uh, and that is, how significant are our dreams in comparison to listening to that still small voice, which we pro- have been promoting since September of uh, ni- 2019, during the f- the first set sequence of the year of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we'd encourage people to go within, sit still, be quiet in that still, peaceful, calm place, and listen to that still, small voice. Right now, it is the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. So, I don't know if there is a comparison. Maybe there isn't. They are both as vital as as the other. They're, they're both important, okay? <clears throat> and each individual is different because to me, intuition, quite honestly, is really getting in touch with your psychic self, or if you want to say a power greater than yourself, whatever that is to you, whether it's Jesus or an angel or, you know, an ancestor or whatever, they're both important and they all both help you tap within to listen to your inner voice. Okay. And dreams are the same thing. They're just done in a different language. And sometimes they're clearer in a sense. And if once you start understanding them, basically they're both intuition and dreams are teaching you about yourself. As you said, you are the star in the movie. And for me personally, and I know some of my other clients, when they got in touch with their dreams and started understanding their dreams, they started having dreams of the future, dreams of those who crossed over, and that helped them get in touch with their, it came out during the waking time with their intuition, with their psychic abilities, but they're both important. And that's why, you know, as you said, with the tool belt, I don't just interpret dreams because people were like, okay, I had this dream. I understand its meaning. Now, what do I do with it? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's important. Just like I had this intuition. Now, what do I do with it? Because if you don't like, let's say you have an intuition something simple. I need to bring an umbrella. It's going to rain. And it's a beautiful day out. There's not a cloud in the sky. Okay. Well, take your umbrella with you because it might rain or somebody might try and mug you and you can whack them in the head. (laughs) You know, uh, you know, you're getting this, you're getting this intuition for a reason. And, you know, in order to start believing in it and trusting it, you need to, Act out on it. Take the umbrella. Don't go. <clears throat> don't go a certain way. Don't take the highway or don't go back the back road because maybe there's a huge traffic jam or they're doing construction on a back road and you're going to get delayed. So listen to it, but also listen to your dreams. Mm. I think it's very important. Um, you know, this this whole aspect of of uh, uh, connecting to, and I consider the dream world as part of this, to the other worlds that we are connected to. 
Um, whether we're listening to our intuition, which is connected to what I consider to be the divine world, uh, the dreams are connected to another part of another world that we are connected to in a matter of, in a matter of speaking that actually we, we, we've created because that's where the dreams come through. We've created those dreams, those movies, as I mentioned earlier. And it's just, uh, it's fascinating. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the other work that you do. And you've created some, what you, what are called oracle decks. Uh, yes. First of all, what's the difference between an oracle deck and a tarot deck? That's a, that's a great question. Now, a tarot has an, excuse me, I think it's 76 to 78 cards, okay? And you have a certain amount of the major Carta, and I'm sorry, I can't think of the number right now, which mean different things. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you have the cups, which is water. You have the pentacles or the discs, which is earth. You have the swords, usually it's swords, which is air. And, and then you have, oh God, why can't I? It's, I'm sorry, my mind's wands, going wands. blank, but it's for the fire. Okay. And there you have basically from zero to you know, to the kings, all mm -hmm. right? And they all mean a certain things. Where an oracle deck is whatever you want it to be. There's not a certain num amount of numbers. It can be 20, you know, 25 to 80. It can be anything that you want it to be. It can be angels. It could be like I've done cats. It can be animals or, um, I'm sorry, it can be um, fairies. It can be anything. And they usually have a word on it. So it's something that you kind of created where tarot is more structured. Okay. Uh, but it's you, they're, they're both basic, they're used in essence uh, for the same purpose. And that is to, to give one guidance. Correct. Um, and one of the things that I have found over the years as I have been listening to and following the promptings, I find that very important, that second step. It's not enough just to listen. You got to follow the promptings. Um that I've been to individuals who have had this insight, uh, whether, you know, you can call them intuitives or psychics or mediums, whatever you want to call them. And I learned early on, I was not going to them for them to give me information that I did not have. It was to confirm because I, I wasn't in a place just yet where I fully trusted that still small voice and that information. And so I needed confirmation. I needed a little support. But there's an aspect to it that I think a lot of people forget, or maybe they're not even aware of it, that everything is in motion. And so what Pamela tells me today, or right now, in this moment, in the next moment, could be totally different because everything's in motion. Well, you also have free will. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people use like, like for me, like I'll use like tarot or Lenamore or regular cards to bypass my ego. Right. And I get information for, for someone. Right. And they have the free will to take it. Yes or no. You know, and one of the examples that I like to use is like, I might say, you're going to meet someone on the intersection of first and seventh street. Okay. So they're walking down first street, right. And their soulmate is coming up seventh street and the, their angels are saying, yay, yay. They're finally going to meet. And then over your 
sudden you're hot and you're thirsty and sweaty. And I'm like, I really need to get a soda, right? So you're free will. So you go in, you get your soda, you're in there for a few minutes. And meanwhile, your soulmate keeps walking. Okay. So our free will, and that's a simple, our free will also, but there's also motion because your soul might, might say uh, the night before might've met someone who wasn't appropriate for him, but started dating and Mm -hmm. didn't walk down seventh street. So yes, in a sense, there's always motion things are happening. You also can accept the message or not. And just like dreams, like people, you know, you might be, um, you might be um, upset about your current mate about something and you dream about an ex who you had a really horrible relationship. And you're like, why am I dreaming about that person? Because something your current mate mate had triggered, you know, a certain thing that happened in the past, you know? So that's why you do it. Just like you might have an intuition about meeting somebody with long, dark, curly hair but you meet somebody else who's the same with long blonde hair. It's just like a symbolism in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're talking with Pamela Cummins and uh, PamelaCummins.com is the website. And you are listening to what else? Tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And it's a pleasure to have Pamela with us here on the program to give us some insights on the work that she does in terms of helping folks. What, what would you say is your, um, your mission statement? My mission statement is to help accelerate people's personal and spiritual growth. Mm. That's what that's what I'm all about, you know, because I know when I do that for me, life gets so much better. So I want their lives to get better. And in turn, that makes life better for everyone. Oh, sure. And it, it starts to spread. And that's kind of what we do with this program, even if only one person were, say, listening that person is going to say, hey, that was pretty cool. And they have a friend and they share that and that person listens and they, they may like that too or certain parts of it. And hey, pretty neat and so forth. I can tell you as of uh, as of our conversation, uh, I've been podcasting, posting podcasts up on uh, SoundCloud that is then distributed to the myriad platforms like Spotify and uh, uh, Spotify and TuneIn Radio and Stitcher and Player FM and all the Amazon Music. And as of our conversation here, uh, after nearly five years, starting in January of 2018, 90,700 listens. Wow. Uh, and that's, I mean, we're 10,000 away from 100,000 listens uh, uh, to the various interviews. And I've got to, th- I don't know the exact number. I, I'm sure there's a way for me to find out through the analytics that we must have six, seven, eight hundred, maybe even more than that, interviews uh, that are available through the podcasts. We have about 340 video interviews on YouTube, and and that's growing too. But I don't know about you. I'm not as concerned, even though the numbers, they sound cool, 90,000, oh boy. I'm not as concerned about the numbers as I am the fact that people are actually listening. Uh, People do send comments. Uh, 99% of the time, they're very positive comments. Uh, very supportive. A matter of fact, uh, one woman just sent a, 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 a comment having to do with how, oh, I listened to this particular interview and, and I left inspired. Mm. It's like, well, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to inspire as well as educate and inform. Um, when you, how did you get into this in the first place? Because 
I mean, again, you've got a lot of hooks on that belt, uh, that work tool belt, okay, and had it had to have started somewhere. Oh, yeah. It started back in 1989, and my life was miserable. I had just gotten out of a really bad relationship. You know, um, quite honestly, I, I used to smoke a lot of pot and I would drink and that was no longer working. You know, like the feelings, like what was going, it was no longer like the medicating self-medication was no longer working. And I knew it was time to change. So I um, went to therapy. I joined different um, 12 step groups and that's how it, it began. Okay. And like, as far as like the 12 steps, groups are like, you, you need a power greater than yourselves. And there were a lot of Christians and there's nothing wrong with Christianity. Okay. Um, I come from, my parents were both Jewish, but we were raised non-religion and the religion. I liked certain aspects, but that didn't feel right. And it, you know, honestly, reincarnation and different spiritualities. And I'm an interfaith minister that felt right in the spiritual aspect felt right. So I started working on my spirituality. And as my life got better, um, and I started take I took a hip hypnotherapy course, and then all these other courses. And as my and my dreams, my dreams were deep part of my healing that brought out my psychic abilities. And it was just, as my life got better, I wanted to share it with the world. And as you said, make a change to people's lives one person at a time. So a certain book, like some of my books are more popular than others. A certain book might not be as popular, but when somebody sends me an email and says, wow, like um, the, like for one thing, like I, I said, ask God to speak through you if you don't, you know, or whatever it is to you, mm -hmm. if you're feeling nervous about confronting somebody. And the person said, that helped me so much. That's what counts. Like you, as you said, the numbers don't count. But he was from work, you know, doctor heal thyself. Well, you know, Pamela heal thyself. And then you can be a beacon for other people to heal, you know, and I know how difficult it is to get rid of those negative messages, to feel inspired, to do something, you know, to not take the criticism to heart, you know, all that stuff. It's like, I think it's important to, walk the walk, not talk the talk, because you know, when somebody's just talking the talk, you know? Yeah, yeah, we do. We absolutely do. Uh, there are a lot of people we have come across in the last uh, 10, 20, 30 years in various, uh, uh, various arenas in our country, let alone around the world, mm -hmm. who are just talking. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I grew up uh, in broadcasting. I grew up uh, during the heyday of televangelism. I was working for a Christian radio station. For 15 years, I was there from uh, 1980s, from 1980 to 95. And as these televangelists began to rail against whatever it was, the first thought that came to my mind was the Shakespearean phrase, me dost think thou protesteth too much. <laughs> And that the more you rail against this particular subject, uh, you're going to get caught up in it. And every single one of them did got caught up in that, which they were screaming <coughs> and yelling right. and carrying on about, um, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say they should have diversified. I think they should have knocked it off because I always found it so sad that the church was not 
for the saints. It was for the sinners. It was for the people who needed the help. You know, uh, if you're whole and, and you're healed, then help someone else to get there. Let them come in and be supported and be comforted and be, uh, uh, you know, nurtured, if you will. I don't know about you, but I used to, you know, we would produce prayer programs, live call-in prayer programs. And again, I was there for 15 years, and you'd hear the same people year after year after year. And I'm thinking, what is wrong? Why aren't they getting their healing? And then it dawned on me, they're not calling for their healing. They're calling for connection. Talk mm -hmm. to us a little bit about the need through all of these different modalities for that connection. I think when you when you say about connection, because quite honestly, you can connect to anyone, but how are you going to feel afterwards? Okay, people want to connect to know that they're loved and that they're accepted for them. I mean, for me, that was like one of the main things I wanted from a love partner was them to accept me for my good points and my bad points. Okay, so that's what I think is really important with connection to know that, hey, I'm okay just being who I am, okay? I'm not perfect, um, but they love me for me. And when you when you think you feel love for you, okay, that's when you grow. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's really important for connections. And also to know that, and sometimes we need to, um, we need to vent, okay? Yeah, yeah. We need to vent to safe people, okay? Because it's like, get it out mm -hmm. out of you but we need to vent where people are gonna not to people who are gonna say you're wrong and there are certain causes that yes we need to um we need to come together but i think when we get into like the as you said with the connection like we're right and you're wrong you know i mean obviously there's certain things like murder rape you know uh bombing people that's that's you know that's horrible all right. That I don't recommend doing no. that. OK, no. those things, the certain things. But when it comes to your spiritual beliefs or how you want to live your life, even though I might not agree with it, you that's your that's your choice. You know, and it's just like I find good in every single religion. All right. But I also find not so good. And I think it's when the judgment and you you need to do this. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And you're wrong for for doing this. No, we're all learning things one yeah. day at a time. One day at a time, exactly. That's one of the reasons, uh, and you've already used the word once already, uh, I have thrown out the word tolerance or to tolerate. Uh, I want to accept people the way they are. I may not like the way you talk, the way you behave, and so forth and so on. That's irrelevant. You are a member of this community because you're a human being. You're a fellow human being who has every right to be here just like I do. That is a hard one for a lot of people to accept because we are taught and almost trained to have uh, revengeful, envious thoughts of someone else who is better off. And sometimes someone who is not so, so well off, let's just say, for example, uh, the homeless, and we pass judgment on them. Oh, my gosh, what did they do to, you know, and so on and so forth. Oh, they must be horrible people because, look, at they're on the street. So it's like, yeah, and that could be you next week because we're all that close. So don't be casting. It's like uh, 
you know, the, he, he, he who is without sin may cast the first stone. Uh, the, the running joke on that, of course, is uh, that uh, Jesus is hit with a stone and he turns his mom, cut it out. Um, <laughs> in any event, we're talking with Pamela Cummins and PamelaCummins.com is the website. We're going to uh, be linked to her website as well so that you folks can find out more about the work that she's doing. Contact her, connect with her, and uh, she'd be more than happy to work with you in that regard uh, and, uh, and, and maybe uh, help you to better not only to understand your dreams, but also maybe to start remembering them, find those ways to do that as we've, as she's already shared with us here on the program. Um, and you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan and uh, Pamela Cummins is my guest. You have written a number of books. Obviously, one of them, at least one of them, is on dreams. Uh, but you've also written a number of books on uh, the, the whole aspect of relationships. Uh, both relationships in general, but love relationships. That obviously is a, a, of a, a, a real interest uh, as well as, um, I don't want to use the word concern for you, but uh, an area that you want to support people in. Uh, it is. It is. Um, I'm a Libra. So Libras are all about relationships. And um I've had some really bad ones and it took a lot of years for me to, <laughs> I've been in a relationship for over 10 years and, you know, and me and my honey, it took a long time to find the right one. So, so it was kind of like my first three books were really about love relationships because that's where I was at the time. And I helped a lot of people with their love relationships, but love relationships, it, all my themes in my book, it, it starts with you. Okay. So if let's use, let's use an alcoholic. Okay. So if you're an alcoholic, right, you're going to probably attract another alcoholic or you might attract your, an abusive, you know, alcoholic because one of your parents was an abusive alcoholic. So you need to obviously work on that and, and work on your stuff. So the healthier and the more that you work on yourself, which is a lifetime process, the better kind of people you're going to attract. Mm. So even though they're on love relationships, it's also about you and what you don't accept. Because when you said tolerance before, what came up for me is, yeah, you can tolerant, tolerate people, but that doesn't mean you have to break bread with them and hang out with them. True. You know, yeah. and you don't have to accept on, you know, acceptable behavior. You can make boundaries. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm all about love relationship because that's that's connection. Yeah. That, you know, we all crave that love, but you need to be comfortable with in you and self-love yourself to have a better relationship. And nobody's even when I see like sometimes you see those people and they're arguing and you know that they don't have a healthy relationship. And I just want to say but I know that, but for the grace of God, go I, because that's how I used to be. Mm. All right. And relationships, you know, um, I have, let me see if I can get my quote right. Cause um, relationships are where we humans get our greatest education. Okay. So even though I'm about dream interpretation and spiritual growth, I am definitely about relationships and not just love relationships, all relationships, because they mirror back what we need to yeah. teach 
teach. Just like when you saw those evangelists and they were going off and you're like, oh no, they were mirroring off a part of you that you didn't want to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, words have power. And to me, the word tolerance automatically has a judgment attached to it. I tolerate you. What, what do you mean you tolerate me? As opposed to, I accept you. Don't have to hang out with you. All right. But I accept you. You are a part of the community because it takes all of us to make a community. And uh, and you're right. I, I you know, it then, then it gets one of the lessons that I was taught early on uh, was that whole mirror concept, you know, and especially if uh, it rubs against my grain. It's not that there's something wrong with the other person. It's that they're mirroring something that's going on inside of me. Um, right. Makes me think of the, the story in uh, Autobiography of a Yogi where uh, Paramahansa and his guru, they were, they were uh, uh, sleeping and the mosquitoes where they were were just fierce. And the guru says, go get me a, a net to, to put over so that the... You know, or, or actually, no, he says, go get, go get yourself a net to put over yourself. He says, well, what about you? He says, I don't need one because they don't bother me. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, he wasn't in that consciousness that they were going to be a problem. Right. So, um, you know, once he got to that place, he didn't need a net either. You know, it's, it's rather interesting how, how those things do manifest in our lives. Mm-hmm. I, and I want to point out sure. too, Richard, they also manifest in our dreams. Yes. Okay. There's a Carl Jung theory that everybody in your dream is you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like take like um, your the dream that you had as a child with your mom. Your mom is really you. That's kind of like your inner teacher. Okay. Oh. But your mom is also you where you don't want to get your hand stuck like in the cookie jar because you could get hurt. And, and that's just, you know, a simple interpretation. But, you know, and maybe the jar is you. That's where you're fragile. Okay. Mm. So it's interesting, that theory. But yeah. so, um, you know, so uh, if someone's yelling at you, that could be also your anger in a dream. I had never thought of it that way. That's very interesting when I think about that dream, as well as the other one I shared, too. And my grandmother is me, you know, just saying, hey, it's okay. Everything's fine. Matter of fact, uh, shortly after my late sister passed away, I know I'm talking maybe hours after I had been after I got the phone call, uh, I started hearing her voice, mm-hmm. you know, just reassuring me. Hey, Richard. Hey, how you doing? Everything's OK. Everything's good, you know. And one of the most beautiful things that uh, I've shared on this program before and I'll share it here that was shared with me by my sisters um, and my three other sisters, as well as my mother was that in spite of all of her health issues throughout her entire life, starting with asthma as a kid, she was never bitter. And I'm just going, wow, that, th- that's amazing. You know, I, she had the most beautiful, as, as her husband shared at the memorial, uh, the, one of the things that he loved most about her was her laugh but not just her laugh. The fact that when she laughed, you saw both rows of teeth. That's how big a laugh she had, you know? Um, and, and so, I mean, in spite of all of that, and I still remember the last conversation that I had with her, asked her that really 
Tough question. I learned at the memorial that she was never afraid of the hard questions, the tough questions. And I asked her, are you, are you ready? <laughs> and she responded, well, yes and no. I'm going, what? And said, well, no, because she didn't want to leave her husband behind to do all of the stuff that he was going to have to do. Mm-hmm. But from a spiritual standpoint, from where she was coming from, she was ready. She had no fear. She was ready. Can our dreams, I, 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 I don't want to say predict our future, but are they more along the lines of maybe premonitions of what is shall we say, possible, not necessarily will happen, because, again, we go back to that whole issue of everything's in motion. But uh, or maybe there there are warnings that if you go this way on the fork in the road as opposed to this way, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. They they can definitely because there there is no time and space. You know, we're stuck like we're stuck in space and time. Mm -hmm. Okay, but in the spiritual world, in our dream world, there is no time and space. I, they're precognitive premonitions. I also call them a heads up dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd like to share a dream I had, one mm-hmm. of those dreams that Thanks. this was probably back in like the 90s. Okay. Um, early, early to mid 90s. And I had this dream that I was in my grammar school gymnasium and there was a man there, right? Dark hair, beards. Okay attractive man, but I felt like he wanted to control me. He was definitely interested in me, you know, as a partner, you know, um, and he wanted to control me and I just wanted to get away. Okay. And, and I thought that was kind of interesting. Okay. Um, and about a month or so later, I met him in a gathering of people. Okay. He looked, this doesn't always happen because sometimes it's symbolic. He looked exactly the way he did in the dream. Okay. And I had that same feeling about him, but back then I didn't have any boundaries and I didn't know how to respond when he asked for my number. And I went out with him like once or twice and I got that same feeling and I blew him off. Okay. So yes, that was warning me of him about him. Um, and again, I had free will. I could have not, you know, I could have continued to go out with him, but it warned me of him. It also, I thought it was interesting about being in the childhood gym because he was triggering like my childhood issues and not really making boundaries, but I learned to make boundaries with him. And later on, I found out, and he wasn't even 30 yet. He had been married and divorced like three times. Okay. Oh yeah. So it, so yeah, that, that really showed me to listen to your dreams and premonitions do come true. And sometimes they're not like that. They're more a lot of symbolism and they're kind of hard to figure out. But when you look back on it, you can say, Oh yeah. In fact, your dream came true. The one with your grandma. Mm -hmm. Although personally, intuitively what I got was your grandmother was visiting you. That was a, a visitation dream. Yeah. I got that too. When it happened, when I, uh, when I right. was able to, uh, uh, you know, put put a context to it, that's what I got too. Because uh, I will tell you that when she did pass, uh, I was actually so distraught in the church. And this was a small town in Arizona, Florence, Arizona. And my mother almost had me escorted out of the church. I was so upset. Um, 
you know, but I wasn't the only one, of course, and because uh, my mm-hmm. grandmother was so beloved by by everybody. Um, but I've not had that same experience with every single person who has passed. Although I do remember one uh, a friend of ours who lived in our home for a while, and this was after I was after uh, I got together with my present wife, <clears throat> and he was living in our home. Because he had lost the, the the lease on the on the house across the street from us, so we offered to take him in while he, you know, got things squared away and 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 so forth. And um, he died in our home, hmm. and it was the Friday that they, I believe, that they declared him uh, deceased. And. I remember my wife and I, we were exhausted because we'd been up all night the night that, that night before. And I remember waking up and I, I can't remember ever being so angry that he left. I mean, I was enraged, I think is the best word. It's amazing how our emotions can be triggered by these kinds of events, isn't it? Because I didn't have that kind of response... Uh, or, or even that kind of uh, teary response when my late sister passed away, except at the memorial, which, as I've said many times, was the most beautiful mixture of laughter and tears. Uh, they couldn't have done a better job. It was absolutely, it was fabulous. Um, talk to us about this, this, this uh, aspect of emotions. I've heard it uh, sort of... Uh, um, split up emotion, uh, energy in motion. Hmm. um, Well, you know, I had a spiritual advisor who used to tell me that feelings aren't facts, but, you know, I want to add on, they need to be felt because they give us direction. We need to let them out of our body. And I think it's interesting, like with your grandmother, you know, that was probably one of the first times you experienced loss. Okay. And you loved her so much. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually happy that you, that you were so upset about it because you were really letting out the feelings, right? Your sister, you were sad, but you were also at peace because you knew she lived her life well. Okay. You know, so you mm-hmm. were expressing that you know, and with your, with your friend who died, you got angry because, you know, and this is what I felt energetically, he kind of gave up. Okay. He had more living to do. So those feelings, feelings are just part of being human. All right. And I think it's really, we're taught to stop them, but I think it's really important, as you said, to get through them. All right. And I want to I want to share a story of mine, okay? Because it really taught me how important feelings were, and maybe people will understand, will not stuff them. If that's okay, if I tell you this story, all right? Yes, please go ahead. All right, this was a long time ago, and I was at the I was at a workshop with people I didn't know. All right, and we were doing this exercise where I was laying on the table, and people held different points of my body to help bring up repressed emotions, right? I had so much anger and I'm sitting on the table shaking because I was embarrassed to let this anger out in front of all these people. Mm. And I held, and it was hard. I was holding it in, holding it in. My body's tensing and getting a headache and everything. And finally, because this was an exercise made to let go of their, their feelings, 
I didn't know what to do. So I screamed F you, <laughs> the full words <laughs> at the top of my lung for about like a minute or two. And I just let it rip, right? And afterwards, I felt so relieved and so much better. Mm. And I was, you know, and that really showed me how much work it is to stuff our feelings, you know, and how much easier it is to just go through and release them and not act out on them. Yeah. I have to say that <clears throat> one of the things that I found so fascinating is uh, watching people, uh, especially older folks, even older than myself. I'm 62. And some people, maybe they're not as old as me, but they're still in, the, in those senior years. And they're walking around bent over like a question mark. And the first thought that comes to my mind is, what are they still carrying around that they haven't let go of that has weighted them down so much they're bent over like a question mark? Right. You know? Right. And it's so sad because I actually I worked with a gentleman and this this may have been congenital. I don't I don't know. I didn't I don't know his medical history, but I was working uh, back in my um, late teens, early twenties at the VA hospital in uh, Phoenix, and I was uh, working in the x-ray department. And the gentleman that I was working with was, eh, I'll, I'll use the term rotund to be kind, but his neck was bent down so far that, you know, it was like a struggle for him to turn side to side to see up. But, I mean, but he was still moved around and so forth. You know, and again, I, I, I have to wonder when people come into this world, you know, when we talk about that contract that we negotiate and then we sign before we come into this world, you know, or maybe it's uh, karma from a previous lifetime that we're hanging on to. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just to me, it's fascinating on the one hand. And I'll also tell you too, that I was interviewing a gentleman uh, who um, had his stomach removed due to cancer. And I, I said, you know, many people, they, they kind of take a look at some of their conditions and then they start to ask themselves, well, why? Why did I have that particular condition? What, what, is, that a, what is that a metaphor for? And I was shocked in one sense because it had been a number of years for him. He says, you know what? I never thought about looking at it that way. And then he started to share about his upbringing and the way that food was dealt with as a kid growing up, you know, and I thought, wow. So, I mean, I had, uh, I had a real infected gallbladder with a golf ball size gallstone, and I had that thing ripped out uh, a year and a half ago. Uh, it was, I, I joked about it with the, uh, with the uh, doctor. I says, yeah, I, I, uh, I won a gold medal in the, uh, in the medical Olympics for the gallbladder clean and jerk. <laughs> But uh, I have legal, I was legally blind when I came into this world. I have lost vision in my left eye in the last, I'll say, 10 years. But then again, I never really focused a lot on that eye because it was always my weaker eye. Uh, I had a lens implant in my right eye, which has allowed me to drive. I'll be honest with you, I haven't really looked at those from that perspective. It's like, it's more along the lines of I just, I just accept that, hey, this is life. You know, it's no big deal. You know, I um, when I was at the Christian station, people wanted to lay hands on me. I said, I appreciate it, but please don't. 
My purpose in this life is not to be healed. My purpose in this life is to serve. How may I serve you? What can I, what can I help you with on your program, et cetera, et cetera? And some would say, well, but Richard, you turned down. And it's like, they can pray for me. I have no problem with that. And God knows where I am. And he can even call collect. I'll take the, I'll accept the charges, you know. Well, but when it comes to health, mm-hmm. okay, first dreams, since we're, dreams can give you guidance with your health. But um, back to the topic, I think that it's important not to beat anyone listening, not to beat themselves up if they have some kind of health issue. Because as you said, certain things occur for us to learn or maybe to teach others, like children with cancer. You might say, well, why are they here? Well, most children with cancers have such a loving attitude. So they teach us to have a loving attitude and to accept things the way they are. Mm. There are certain times when holding on to your emotions and your issues and stuff can cause health issues, okay? But it's all a lesson. Do you you understand what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the guy who lost his stomach, that's a lesson. Um, You know, the the child with cancer, that's a lesson. It's all to teach us something, you know. Um, But we, it's also a lesson to take care of yourself. Because, you know, today on Facebook, I saw somebody saying, oh, be careful when you sit down and wrap your essence because you might not be able to get up, right? And that just gave me, yeah, well, because... You know, if you're if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not flexible or, you know, it might be really hard to get up off the floor. Okay, for me, it's not a big deal because I do yoga and I get and that's like there's certain things that you can do to take care of your health. And then other things you just got to let go. Yeah. That's how you built. We uh, I'm I'm in this uh, in this. I I don't want to call it a play because it's more than that. Uh, it's uh, singing, dancing, and all this kind of good stuff uh, uh, here in Santa Barbara. And uh, there are some ser- there are some scenes where uh, you have to kneel. And I said, no, I, I, you know, first of all, no, I will not be dancing. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I won't be jumping around in that respect. Uh, I'll stand over here and I can walk around and do this, that, and the other thing. But because uh, my knees are not uh, not the greatest, I mean, I had uh, a little little work done a few years back, and that one knee is doing fantastic. But I don't have that kind of flexibility like I used to uh, when I bicycled everywhere in Phoenix. And basically, I take that perspective you just said. I said, and this is just the way that it is. There's nothing good or bad, right or wrong about it. It just is what it is. One of the things that I'm wondering about with with this whole aspect of, and I'm uh, I will refer to it. Actually, you refer to it as dream wisdom. I like that. That's very cool. Mm. That's very cool. Dream Thank wisdom. You. I talk about the ancient wisdom teachings, all of the various writings from the different faiths and philosophies. We have another form of wisdom that you've been sharing with us here on the program today. That's that's pretty neat. Yeah. Do you do you uh, set aside any particular amount of time or a period of time during the day, a particular period of the day, um, where you will, if you've if you've written it down from the night before, you kind of sit there and you you ponder it, you try to um, what uh, evaluate it uh, for yourself in terms of saying, okay, well this is this is what I experienced, this is what I felt. You might have had even tastes or smells, you know, kind of thing. I know that, that some people, they will have both those olfactory as well 
uh, experiences in the dream state. How about you? Do you? Oh, I definitely, I definitely, I actually try and do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll go, you know, cause I'll remember, I don't write them down anymore. Once in a great while I will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I'm always looking at my dreams, you know, what kind of dream interpreter would I be if I didn't, <laughs> but yeah, I look at them and I kind of say like, how's it going going to be, you know, to my life? You know, um, some of the dreams I did write down was with my cat Merlin who passed on um, February, 2021. I wrote those down because it was, I got a precognitive dreams and those helped me but i actually in my blogs i actually have um i don't write all my dreams and i try and make teach <clears throat> before telling my dreams but i have a category what's pamela dreaming a coach help you know who i worked with came up with that and i like that what's pamela dreaming because i like to i don't always share client dreams because i have to respect their anonymity right. unless it's someone will say oh no share that because i'll be like that would help some but i share my dreams but yeah mm-hmm. i take the wisdom of my dreams and i use them for my own life in fact you were talking about health dreams one dream i had um i got a partial hysterectomy okay which i was really nervous about doing um when i lived in new jersey i didn't trust the doctors there and i actually um when I lived in Moorhead City, North Carolina, um, I felt comfortable with the doctor. But, you know, when I was waking up for the anesthesia, I had this dream that I was praising the doctor. And I wrote like, uh, you know, to the editor of how great this doctor was. And when I woke up, I knew that my surgery went well and that I was going to be OK. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely take, you know, the, my own dream wisdom. Uh, you know, you made me think of uh, something that that I think is um, uh, important for people to always try to remember, and that is, like you said earlier, to to have something by your bedside, whether it's written or auditory, uh, audible, I should say, that uh, um, uh, you can go back and review it later. You know, put down as many details as you can. Uh, I I've have, have you ever had a dream? that you were consciously aware of it while you're dreaming it almost and you didn't want it to, to end. I mean, he's <laughs> like, this is so cool. Even if yeah. there was drama in there, it's like, I got to see how this ends. I got to see if this was happily right. ever after or, or what. You know, it's kind of, and that's one of the reasons I love movies that have surprise endings. My favorite yes. is uh, Midnight <clears throat> in Paris. And... Um, I'm not going to give it away. People can go watch it themselves. But it had an ending I did not expect. And I was so thrilled. Mm. I love yeah. those kinds of shows and, and movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because some shows are like, this is going to happen. And yeah. this is going to happen. And, you know, because Chris and I, we watch a lot of Who Done It. Yeah. Um, you know, we watch Brit Box and Acorn TV. And I'll be like, I bet it's this one. And he's like, no, I don't think. I'm like, I know it's this one. <laughs> you know? And it's nice to have the twist. But yes, I've had dreams where I haven't wanted to wake up. I've had dreams of like beautiful, like terror or Oracle cards that are actually out of this world that mm. I've never seen. You know, those, those are neat. And it's like, I don't want to wake up. Oh, sure. Yeah. And you're like, why'd you wake me up? <laughs> <laughs> I know I've had a, a few of those that I, I, I don't remember now, but I do remember that sensation. 
And what the hell? I don't want popcorn now. I want to finish watching. No intermission. What are you doing? Uh, it's it's uh, and, and that's the other thing, too, is some of the dreams can just be a whole lot of fun. They really yeah. can. It's really very cool. We're talking with Pamela Cummins, and uh, we're talking about the work that she does. Primarily, we've been talking about, of course, dream interpretation and, and that aspect, hypnotherapist as well as a, a life coach and so forth. And uh, we are very grateful that she has spent so much time with us here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I want to thank you so much, Pamela Cummins, for joining us here on the program, sharing your story. I just have one other question uh, directly to our conversation here, and that is, how has your family, um, how has your family responded to the work that you started and you've been growing it and growing it and growing it? Uh, uh, are they real receptive or are they going, oh, <coughs> she's gone oh. off the deep end again? <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. My father at times, yes and no, you know, yes and no. But he's my editor now, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he does a lot of my editing. He's, you know, 86 years old and he has helped me. Well, he's an English professor, editor and stuff. But there were times he was really concerned. It was funny when I was doing a lot of readings and we were going through a recession, you know, and he wasn't crazy about me doing readings, but he read an article in the New York Times that was saying how psychics were making all this money because people were afraid, mm -hmm. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, how am I going to get through? And, you know, they needed that validation. So that made him feel good. Yeah. But he's accepting of it now. My sister has mostly accepted it. Um, when I first met Chris, he was kind of like weary of it. And But, they're, you know, my family, I have a small family, but they accept it. And it, those who have crossed over obviously accept it. But there have been other people in my life who just did not accept it. But you know what? I'm hearing a song lyric. I got. I just got to be me. I just got to be free. I have to do what's right for me because you know what no matter and this is for everyone out there no matter what you do don't worry somebody's going to criticize it and tell you not to do it and you should do this but you're also going to have other people and listen to these people who are going to validate you and support you in that yeah. all right so listen to that deep intuition and do it what makes your heart sing as long as it doesn't as long as you're not purposely hurting someone you yeah. know Exactly, exactly. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I meant to say that. It's been a lot of fun. It has indeed. I do have three final questions I ask all of oh, my guests. Okay. All right. Uh, but first, I want to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. We also podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations on the internet. And I also want to thank those who have been reposting our interviews. I really do appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I'm a one-man band. I can't do it all. So I thank you for stepping in and being uh, my person Friday, so to speak. I uh, also want to let you know that we're on YouTube. That's right. I haven't quite hit the 100 subscriber mark yet, but I'm four away. So if you'd like to subscribe, that'd be very nice. But as I said before, the numbers, I like the numbers, they're kind of cool, I love patterns, this, that, and the other, but 
the fact that you're listening, whether you subscribe or not, that's really what is important. And hopefully you'll share this uh, program and others with, uh, with the people in your community, in your family and so forth, and friends. We also uh, ask you to spend some time in that still, quiet, peaceful place, uh, that inner, inner space, and listen to that still, small voice during this, the Decade of Perfect Vision. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. When you do go to PayPal and you want to support us financially, they're going to ask you, who are we sending this to? Well, they're going to ask for an email address. The email address, richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. With all of that being said, uh, let's go to our final three questions here on the program. Here we are in our 15th year of Tell Me Your Story. And uh, we're going to start with the first of those three questions. Who is Pamela Cummins? Oh, and I'm going to say what comes to me. I am a light being being a child of God, goddess, whatever you call. that That's what I am. What is your life's purpose? Compassion. That's one of my biggest lessons is to learn compassion. And also, um, I want to say to help accelerate um, people's personal and spiritual growth. But compassion is the biggest lesson for me. Mm. And finally... What was your best day? <sighs> okay, I've had so many. Um, but I'm going to say the day I met Chris. We went for a shrimp burger, right? Um, yeah, they have shrimp burgers in North Carolina, and he had never heard of them either. And he's been living here for a long time. And, oh, God, I can't even think. It's Highway 55 now. And we sat there, and, and we met, and we uh, sat there on these hard seats, and we were in there for like four to five hours just talking. And we just connected and being. That was like one of the greatest days. And I was just like, I hope I hear from him again. And obviously, you know, here it is 10 years later, we are still together. So, yeah, that was one of my best days. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much, Pamela, for joining us here on the program. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again uh, in what will become the new year. Thank you. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for having me. You Richard. are welcome. And thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams, dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am listening. <laughs>